Growing up, Anne was a runaway, drug addict, and a victim of sexual abuse. But you helped her become a godly wife and mother. So focus on the family was like manna to me every day. I needed guidance, and I know that my life has changed because of focus on the family. I'm Jim Daly. Share the gift of family to help more people like Anne. Visit focusonthefamily.ca or call 800-A-FAMILY. Waiting on the Lord is putting your hope in Say, Lord, I trust you. I know that something good is going to happen. I know you're still on the throne, so I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you to act. I'm waiting on you to respond, and I'm going to trust you until that happens. That's Pastor Max Lucado, and he's our guest today on Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller, and today Max is going to help us um, understand better some of the feelings we have and some of God's perspective on this pandemic. I hope you'll stay with us. Uh, John, Max Lucado has for decades been offering encouraging words. Uh, his simple message is, God loves you, so let him. And what a wonderful thought. And I know that as he shares with us today, you're going to hear uh, the pastor's heart in his voice. And we're all carrying burdens in this crisis, and he's going to touch on a few today. And the main thing is, we don't want you to feel uh, in any kind of despair or fear or anxiety. And this is exactly what we're going to talk about. And Max Lucado is a nationally known speaker and a best-selling author. He's been a pastor, uh, uh, the teaching pastor of Oak Hill Church in San Antonio, Texas for many, many years. His book that we're offering today that is going to be so helpful for you is called You'll Get Through This, Hope and Help for Your Turbulent Times. We do have copies of that here at FocusOnTheFamily.ca. And Max, welcome to Focus on the Family. Well, thank you, my friend. It's a, it's a joy. It's a really a treat to have a few moments with you. Now, I was surprised. Uh, you've been posting videos during the pandemic, and something like 10 million people have viewed your videos. That's pretty, that's big time, man. Well, <laughs> I'm nobody's more surprised than I. In fact, I think the number went over 11 yesterday. Wow. We were on a call getting caught up. But I think people are, are just in need of some encouragement. Uh, they're needing to have their spirits lifted. Uh, people are battling a lot of anxiety, uncertainty. Uh, we've never seen anything like this before. It's coming at us from all angles all over the world. And so uh, uh, I, th- I think people are saying, somebody help me, help me navigate these waters. Well, it's, it is. It's so such a unique time. And I'm sure when you were writing the manuscript, uh, you know, the title being, You'll Get Through This, Hope and Help for Your Turbulent Times. I'm sure you didn't have a pandemic in mind, did you? Never, never. But uh, you know the stories in the Bible. I mean, they're, everything, everything is covered in Scripture. And uh, the You'll Get Through This story is based on a, a global calamity. It wasn't a virus, but it was a famine. And it was the story of Joseph in the Old Testament and how God had him uh, positioned perfectly, perfectly to guide the nation of Egypt plus the surrounding nations, the then known world, through a global crisis. But since we believe in a good God, we believe that God can use even these plagues, even these pestilences to do something good. That's the story of Joseph, what was intended for evil 
God used for good. That's the story of the cross. What was intended as evil on Friday became Easter Sunday celebration. And listen to me. God's going to do it again. This pandemic will end when Jesus Christ has chosen that it has served its purpose. Hmm. He will rise up in the boat just like he did on the Sea of Galilee in the middle of the storm. He'll speak, and there will be a scientist who discovers a vaccine. There will be a miraculous conclusion. We'll either be healed on this planet or in his presence. I don't know, but I'm absolutely convinced that he uses, because of his character, that he uses these things to accomplish his purpose. You know, it's so it, difficult. Didn't mean to get off in a sermon there. No, no, yeah, but, but hey, you're a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> we'll accept it. And it, it's such a such an intriguing thing to think about. You know, it, it's similar to the winding up of this age, that there is going to be this last person on this earth that confesses Christ, and boom, that's it. That's that last person he was waiting for. And it's I think it's hard for us to grasp that God is accomplishing his purposes in this environment. And there's going to be that last circumstance that you're suggesting that the Lord's going to want to accomplish in somebody on this planet. And it is, and then it's done. And then humanity moves on. I think it's hard for us to completely understand that. We've got to have a big picture. You know, we've got to have a big picture. We don't, we don't see the whole story. Uh, I, I've compared it to uh, when I was a, a high school senior. I got a job on an assembly line building vacuum cleaners. Uh, the vacuum, I didn't build it, but the, va- the assembly line had two or 300 people, wow. two or 300 stations. And I was one tiny little cog in that assembly line. And so had you just, you know, chosen to freeze frame my segment? And that little step action on my part, you would have said, there's no purpose in this. And it's very unpleasant. But had you backed away, had you widened the lens until you could see, oh, there's 200 people on this assembly line. Each one has a different job. And the end result is a very nice Kirby vacuum cleaner. Well, then you can say, okay, I get it. Locato's part in that was not too pleasant. But the end result was pretty extraordinary. Well, that's what God is always calling on us to do. Hmm. The the Apostle Paul said, these brief and momentary struggles, (laughs) they don't feel brief and momentary, but these brief and momentary struggles are attaining for us a glory that is uh, beyond comprehension. Absolutely. That's what this is. This life is brief and momentary. It's one tiny spot on the assembly line that God is overseeing. Yeah, and it's a great backdrop for us to talk about Joseph. Let's let's unpack his story a little bit, especially for those that might be new believers listening or maybe they've they just never read the story of Joseph. Describe what's going on there. This is right out of the Old Testament. Here's the condensed version of Joseph for those of us who have forgotten it or never knew it. Joseph was one of 12 sons of Jacob, and he had two dreams. Uh, they involved moons and stars and sheaves of wheat. And these dreams all said the same thing, that someday Joseph was going to rule over the family. He would have been wise to keep those dreams to himself, but he boasted about those dreams to his brothers. His brothers were understandably envious, and they were going to kill him, but decided they could make money off of him. So they sold him into slavery and ended up going down, down, down to Egypt, 
where he ended up as a servant in the household of someone named Potiphar, worked his way up the food chain until he was accused of sexual impropriety by the wife of Potiphar, falsely accused, by the way, ended up in prison, worked his way up that food chain until they found somebody who could put a good word in for him with, uh, with Pharaoh. And that person promised to do so, but forgot all about Joseph. So he <laughs> languished in prison for at least two years. I mean, it's a, it's a story of one, one step forward, two steps back. And finally, he is promoted from one day to the next, from the prison to the palace. And there, because he understood these dreams of Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh said, I'm going to put you in charge of overseeing the world during a time of famine. In the crowning verse of the story of Joseph, really the a crowning verse on the theme of sovereignty in the Bible is Genesis 50 and verse 20. He told them, you intended evil against me, but God intended it for good. I think that's such a, such a promise that God takes intended evil and reweaves it for ultimate good. That's the promise of the book. And right now, I mean, it's just a world of chaos, but God is behind the scenes and he's reweaving all of this into something good. So true. And Max, you've done a great job in your book. You'll get through this. I mean, I can't imagine a better title for people who are suffering right now because of this pandemic and all the circumstances they're in. And we want to make sure people know, John, how to get a copy of this book. Yeah, we've got it in stock. We'll be happy to send it out to you. We are open. We've got folks working uh, all over the place here at Focus on the Family, safely, of course, but uh, and many at home. But give us a call. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. And Max, as you're talking, I'm thinking uh, we can read through Joseph's story in one sitting. And right now, it's such a surreal circumstance with time suspended and who knows what day it is. And I mean, we really have to check all this stuff. For some people who are suffering and, and really fearful, uh, these are long days. This is a long period. Address how time plays into God's sovereignty and, and how waiting is part of his purpose. Yeah, that is a great question, because you can read through the story of Joseph in an hour and think, oh, okay, this was pretty painless. And so, you know, Joseph, he spent a decade and a half at least uh, wondering what in the world was going on. Mm. And that's a long time. That's a long time. And so learning to wait on the Lord is really helpful. I remember somebody pointing out to me that how powerful it is. The Isaiah promise, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That waiting on the Lord, biblically speaking, is not just sitting in a waiting room, twiddling your thumbs, flipping through a magazine, like you're waiting on the doctor. But waiting on the Lord is putting your hope in the Lord, saying, Lord, I trust you. I know that something good is going to happen. I know you're still on the throne. So I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you to act. I'm waiting on you to respond. And I'm going to trust you until that happens. Mm. Hey, Max, uh, it, it does come down to this application into our current life and our current situation that John's alluding to. With all of the support systems or most of the support systems that have been blown up because we can't get out 
We're wired for a relationship. We know that is being created in God's image. That's why he created us for relationship. And yet um, we're not functioning in the way we were created. How, how do we cope with that? How do we, in this situation, how do we find those support systems? How do we supplement them? Yeah, I, I think two or three ideas are really helpful. Uh, number one, you got to be kind to yourself. You got to be kind to yourself. You have never been here before. And all those places we've gone for strength, uh, all those ways we've used to cope, many of those are gone. Uh, many people would go, uh, you know, go to a movie or go walk through the shopping mall just to get a change of pace. And here we are stuck under one roof. So be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Acknowledge that you're having to retool right now. Now, you might realize, and we're picking up, I think, that this feels a lot like grief. Uh, we're going through a period of grief. Mm. We're grieving the life that we used to have. We're grieving the opportunities that we feel we've lost. You see, grief is unmet expectation. Uh, we'd expected X and we're getting Z. And so it's, it's hard on us. And so acknowledge that this is a sad season. But then lastly, I'll say it's so important, and that is uh, defy despair. Just defy it. You know, anxiety and fear are intended to be a wake-up call, but they're not intended to be a state of life. So let anxiety serve its purpose. Let let fear serve its purpose. Let it wake us up. Okay, i got to get my finances in order. Okay, I need to start preparing your resume. Okay, I've got to figure out plan B. So, you know, let it wake us up. But don't allow yourself to be sucked down into that pit of despair. And you know you're in the pit of despair when you're paralyzed, when you're sitting on the couch and you're not moving, when your treatment of this struggle is nothing more than a, I don't know, a a television show or worse, pornography or, uh, uh, you know, some kind of binge So if you find yourself binging to treat this, it's not going to help you. You're going to sober up and it's going to be worse. So you got to, you know, call out to God, say, God, I need help and and begin putting a plan together to get yourself back on your feet. Well, that is so good. And, you know, that's one of the reasons, Max, we are here at Focus on the Family. And we have, as John mentioned at the the break point, just we have caring Christian counselors who can help. We've got folks that are here to uh, step in and put an arm around you. That's the whole purpose of the ministry here. Um, in that context, when you go to perhaps the worst case scenarios right now, people, the 25 million or so that have lost their jobs, etc., it's wonderful that we have a country that uh, recognizes this in the way of unemployment as a short-term assistance to get people back on their feet. A lot of countries don't have that, um, and that's a good thing. Yet the fear is still there for these folks. Uh, You know, some of them are still going to struggle to make that mortgage payment or uh, ensure that the family has groceries, et cetera, especially if both mom and dad are out of work right now. Uh, Speak to that community where the fear can be gripping. Yeah. These are such great questions. And, and, And if I can amen what you said about focus on the family, you not only have a great ministry team there, you have had one there, for decades. decades. Well, I appreciate that. That is very kind. And you have ministered to me. 
into millions of us around the globe. So I'm encouraging you know, any of your listeners, if you need to tap into a valued, seasoned source, uh, focus on the family is right there. Yeah, uh, okay, so to answer your question, though, about, about dealing with this anxiety, uh, I take people all the time to Philippians chapter 4, which is the go-to passage for anxiety. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's just a powerful text. And preceding that and following that text, you put all you put those four verses together, and you've got number one, you rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So whenever you find yourself getting really anxious, then rejoice in the Lord. In other words, lift up your eyes and look up into the heavens and set your mind on God. And then number two, ask the Lord for help. Just asking, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known. So prayer is a broad word for talking to God. Petition are those specific requests. And then number three, uh, be grateful. Be grateful. The Apostle Paul said, do this with thanksgiving. I'm convinced that the anxious heart and the uh, grateful heart cannot cohabitate. One will push the other out. And gratitude always pushes anxiety out. So you've lost a lot. That's true. You have lost so much. And I'm so sorry. But remember what you do have. Make a list of what you do have. And then lastly, meditate on good things. Uh, think about what you think about. Don't don't allow your mind to be caught up in all the negativity. Mm. Uh, I had to put myself on a, a ration of news. I found myself listening yeah. to news all day long. Absolutely. And I was getting more and more tense. And mm-hmm. so I only allow myself about 10 or 15 minutes of news a day. I know some people want a lot more than that. But I can't take more than that without getting anxious. And so figure out what works for you, but make sure you meditate on food. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Have you checked out Joy TV yet? Tune in for your daily source of hope-filled, positive Christian programming. From breaking news reported from a Christ-centered perspective every weeknight to award-winning and crowd-pleasing Christian programs, we're serving up Christ's joy around the clock. Find Joy TV on Rogers Channel 173, Bell Channel 656, Shaw Channel 10, Telus Channel 123, or visit joytv.ca today. Joy TV, it's more than you imagined. Hi, this is Jim Daly. Is your family feeling tired, restless, even stressed out? Well, you're not alone. These are tough times, and that's why we at Focus on the Family have created something new and helpful for you and your loved ones. It's called Focus at Home, a free on-demand streaming service featuring the faith-filled content from Focus on the Family that you know and trust. With Focus at Home, it's like you're getting access to our content vault. Explore old favorites like Adventures in Odyssey or Radio Theater. Discover new interactive children's stories. And we'll have a few surprises for you along the way. There's something fun for every member of the family. And we'll keep adding fresh titles so you can check in every day. Best of all, it's 100% biblically based. Sign up now and get total access to our best content for families during this challenging season. Visit FocusOnTheFamily.ca focusonthefamily.ca 
Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. You know, I'm thinking again about Joseph as we're winding up here, and how do we practically apply what Joseph obviously understood as a as a God follower, even mm-hmm. in the Old Testament? How do we apply living well for God? Uh, you know, that Genesis fifty twenty is such a powerful principle. He told his brothers, you intended evil for me, but God... But God used it for good in order to bring about this present result, the saving of many people. Uh, And so if we can understand that God is still active and working and he can take these heartaches, these heartaches that we've had and turn them, uh, Jim, into something uh, amazing, uh, extraordinary. Uh, Jim, when when I was uh, 12 years old, uh, I went on a camping trip with a man and uh, took four of us good friends. And uh, we had become good friends with this man. He was affiliated with an organization in our small town. And uh, he sexually abused all five of us on that camping trip. Oh, my. It was horrible. It was a nightmare weekend. We got there, and he had... uh, the tents and the sleeping bags, and he had several bottles of whiskey. And it was a nightmare of a weekend. I came back home on that Sunday after that weekend. And our church that day, I was 12 years old, and our church that day had had a communion service. And uh, I didn't get to our house until about 5 that evening. And I felt so dirty. I felt so violated. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I was supposed to tell my parents or not. You know, I was 12 years old. Oh, yeah. My mind Mm. wasn't even fully developed. And so uh, my parents never, I I didn't tell them. I went in and I cleaned up and I showered up and I watched TV with them. And they went to bed. And then the most amazing thing happened, Jim. I went into the kitchen and I staged my own little communion service. I, I got some. Uh, juice out of the fridge. I got some bread. Really, we didn't have any bread, so I got some potatoes. <laughs> so I, just, I had my own little communion service. And Jim, I, I'm just here to tell you that Jesus came and, and, and appeared to me in that evening. Wow. And, uh, and he, he came and he ministered to me. And uh, all these years later, I, I, I still sense his abiding presence. And what was intended as utter evil against me turned out to be a moment in my life that here I'm 65 years old and I still talk about it and I get tears in my eyes. And I became completely convinced in that moment that Jesus Christ was with me. I'll go to my grave believing that Jesus Christ is with me because because of that moment. It was a horrible experience. But God. But God used it for good. I, I don't think, you, there's n- nothing that makes me think that moment uh, in my life was good, but God turned it into something good. Yeah. And uh, and that'll happen to you. I'm talking to your listeners. I'm just saying he's going to do that for you. He's going to do it. Just don't give up. Don't cave in. Just pray and believe. And right. he's going to take these evil things and he turns them into something good. 
Well, Max Lucado, I mean, I'm listening to that, and I so appreciate that vulnerability and the modeling of what we as Christians should be, and that is an open book. And what a great story. I mean, not only have you studied Joseph, you've lived it. Man, you were in that valley, and my heart goes out to you. And that's a horrible situation for any child to have to go through. And uh, yet at the same time, God has lifted you up to be a Joseph in this generation to proclaim Christ. You're known as the nation's pastor. Think of that, what was intended for evil, but God. He had his eye on you, that little boy, saying, you're going to be mine, and you are going to lift me up, and we're going to have fun together. I mean, mm-hmm. at that time, you could have never imagined that. But what a what a demonstration of faithfulness as a 12-year-old to go in and have your own communion. That grips me. <laughs> I mean, that is an awesome thing. And Max, with your experience uh, sharing that now, at the end here, can I simply ask you to pray for the people who are in pain? Um, Man, now with that being raised, it goes well beyond the impact of a pandemic. This may be something that happened to them years ago that they've never gotten over. And it's a pandemic of their soul. It's robbed them of living life abundantly, like Jesus said he will give us. And may I just ask you to pray for those in pain right now? Yeah, Lord Jesus, oh Lord. We know that these tragedies, these calamities, have a way of bruising and wounding our souls. And uh, I believe, dear Jesus, that you are the healer. And sometimes you use a physician or a counselor. And sometimes you just show up. We trust you to do what's right. People are being wounded right now because of this pandemic. They are. And, and Lord, I know that these, these calamities can create a trauma in our soul, deep in our spirit. Lord, please come and protect. Uh, take what is intended as evil and turn it into something good. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to stand up in the boat and speak to the storm because we know this pandemic will not last one day more or less than you desire. So be sovereign over it, dear Father. But till then, we're in the boat with you. Even though it gets rocky, we're we're with you. And we thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That is so well said and prayed. Thank you so much, uh, Max Lucado. We love you. Thanks for your life and what you stand for. And thank you for being with us. Well, it's my honor, and I hope we can do it again. It's a delight. It seemed like we had five minutes and went so fast. It's that It did, and uh, that's a good sign that we were hitting the right thing. So thank you. Thank you, my friend. All right. All the very best. And let me turn to our listeners. Uh, Know that God cares about you. I mean, that was such a beautiful prayer that Pastor Max Lucado gave to you right there. And we have caring Christian counselors. Get a hold of us. Take us up on that. Uh, Supporters, uh, give to this ministry so that we can provide that to you. And also, uh, when you get in touch with Focus Canada, request a copy of Max Lucado's great book, You'll Get Through This, Uh, through the team at Focus Canada. Yeah, reach out to us and let us know how we can help you. Uh, Regardless of your circumstances, there is hope. And Max's book, of course, as Jim said, is a great starting point for 
really getting a handle on uh, all the difficulties of the days. It's called You'll Get Through This, Hope and Help for Your Turbulent Times. Uh, Call 1-800-THE-LETTER-A-IN-THE-WORD-FAMILY to donate and to get your copy of that great book. We also have it available online, of course, and a number of other terrific resources to help you in your faith walk, in your family relationships, regardless of where you're at. We've been here, as Max said during the conversation, uh, over 40 years, and so we've got a lot of terrific help for you. Uh, The website is focusonthefamily.ca. Well, on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team here, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back tomorrow as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.